0: So we're back. Back. Episode two. It's been two weeks since we recorded the last episode, our very first episode. It's been that long. It feels like we just did this. It and does. I, I think part of it is the weather. Like tomorrow we're supposed to get a snowstorm. And I think last time we did this, we had a snowstorm. It's been a
1: snowstorm like every week.
0: And it's March. People are on spring break. They're enjoying themselves all around the country. And we are just snowed in all the time.
1: I don't mind the snow days. I was very productive last week.
0: I'm not productive at all. Like, nothing I'm super gets productive.
1: done. I'm focused. I want the money. I um, I did a whole bunch of work.
0: So, are you just like... Like, do you go to a desk in your apartment and work? Or do you stay in bed and work?
1: Oh, I have to get out of bed. I have to get out of bed, take a bath, brush my teeth, get breakfast. Uh,
0: like a normal day?
1: Yeah, treat really like a normal day.
0: So, I... I think I have to also, but it's just so hard. Like, I just can't I can't get out of the bed. My, We've got a, a five-month-old son at home, and I get distracted if I'm at home because he's really loud and he needs a lot of attention. And if my wife's home, that's great. She can help out. If she's at work and I'm supposed to be watching him, like, no work gets done. It's impossible. See, it's know. just
1: me at home. And it's super quiet. My apartment has these gorgeous windows, so you can just look out of them. And, yeah, it's... It's a great place.
0: Do you not have any pets or anything?
1: No pets. I have thought about having a dog, but I you, thought against
0: it. Are you an introvert or an extrovert?
1: I'm a little bit of both. Yeah? I can deal with people a lot. I enjoy having people over, but then I can be by myself all day and enjoy it.
0: If you had to lean one way or the other, like if you had to classify yourself definitely as one, which would introvert. It be? Introvert. Really?
1: Yep. I feel like a lot
0: of designers are introverts.
1: I feel like most designers are introverts. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. But um I am an extrovert. I get a lot of energy from being around other people. Yeah. And I can also like be by myself for a little bit, but like it doesn't take very long until I'm like super depressed and like I need to be around someone else. So like if I'm at home, even if like my son is there and he's, you know, he's definitely around me all the time. I still feel like really lonely and I don't have any energy to work on stuff and I just want to like lay around
1: see I'm super focused me being by myself is probably like why I am where I'm at right now just because when I'm by myself I have all these ideas I start creating new things new blogs Um, I really start like writing down my goals I break things apart I fix things that I think are issues I really get into this like hole and it, it I drive myself crazy
0: does time just kind of fly by? Yeah.
1: Like, before I know it's it 5 a.m. Wow. Back in the day, I would stay up to, like, 4 or 5 a.m. working my portfolio, Yeah, I'm watching TV. I'm always doing, like, two or three things at once. Like, sure. I can't sit at my computer and design all day. I have to sit at my computer and design all day, have the TV on, then go back and forth and cook, and then maybe go to the gym. But I'm super focused. Whereas, like, when I come to work, my friends want to hang out. They want to have lunch. They want to talk. They want to see what I'm working on. So I'm more so not as focused when I'm at home just by myself.
0: That's really interesting to me because I am the exact opposite. Like, if I'm at home, I will not work at all. Like, if I don't have uh, things around me to distract me, like, if I don't have the ability to, like, stop what I'm doing every couple of minutes and, like, talk to someone or uh, hear some noise or just, like, be around the energy that we have, like, on the floor, then, like, I'm not working at all. Like, I'm watching TV I can't. I can't do all those different things at once. I think there was a time when I could, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's being a parent. I've lost my focus. Yeah. I don't know. See,
1: I can't. My niece and nephew came up a couple of weeks ago, and I can't. I can't really do any work around them. Can't really focus. Like I said, people just want to hang out. Um, I have to focus on them. I, I can't really focus on my work. Or like I have so much fun hanging around with people. I don't want to be focused. I don't yeah. want to be determined. I want to myself. I can think about everything very clearly.
0: So what I need to do is I need to just follow your lead and get more productive so I can get more stuff done. I I need to learn how to do podcasts because this thing, hats off to every podcaster everywhere.
1: It's a lot of work.
0: It is so much more work. work than I thought. We talked about last time how... This whole idea to do a podcast we thought would be like really easy. We'll pitch it to the podcast people at e s p n and they'll it's they'll like want easy. us no, it's so hard, and I'm so glad that they told us, why don't you try it for a little bit first? It's easy to talk for a long time, like that wasn't the issue editing and and then listening back and adding music and all that kind of stuff like it Promoting was a, lot more work. Is
1: a a really hard part getting people to listen to it,
0: yeah. Because yeah, um,
1: you have to take your time like out of the day to listen to something. Or you can do while while you're working, but you have to go into a zone of, like, this is 30 minutes, and I want to listen to the podcast.
0: I have to have that segmented time allotted. I need to know that, like, all right, this podcast is going to take X amount of time. I'm going to listen to it from start to finish. Sometimes I can listen to, like, a few minutes at a time, but, like, you know, how to record and, like, how long to record and how to do this, you know, conversational type of thing. Like, it's it's a lot more work than I thought. It is. So, props to everybody that does a podcast. Also, we were both talking about this the other day. Like, we we learn things about each other or about ourselves that we don't really like very much. Like, I say the word like a lot. I did not realize I did that until I listened back and was editing that thing. And, man, like.
1: You're going to call this episode "Light, Light, like.
0: That's <laughs> all I said the whole time. It was infuriating.
1: But whenever you're talking, I feel like, Using like is almost like an um, in a sense,
0: it is, but and you if, don't
1: hear it until you hear it again.
0: And now that I'm thinking about it, like my cadence, the how I speak is going to be so messed up because I'm going to stop myself from saying like over and over again,
1: which makes you appreciate like TV anchors.
0: Oh, yeah, now I noticed that kind of junk. Like the next day, I was watching Sports Center, and I thought, man, these. These guys are great.
1: They do it great. Stephen a is a really good. One. There's we'll also a out. couple of podcasts that have really good, really good people. Um, I'm sure you never heard this one before, but it's the New York Times. It's called Steel Processing. It's two culture writers. And they talk about culture, no sports really, but movies. They talk about the Grammys. They talk about Atlanta. They talked about A Wrinkle in Time and how it wasn't a great movie. Oh no, which I was kind of sad about because I want to see it.
0: Is Maybe that a I'll Disney see, movie? It. Yeah. is so, that Ava
1: DuVay movie.
0: The one with like Chris Pine and... Uh, it has
1: Oprah
0: in it. Oprah's in it. And Oprah, Reese. Reese Witherspoon and uh, Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Did you ever read the Wrinkle in Time books?
1: i never heard of it before.
0: When I was in like... I don't know, fourth or fifth grade maybe, my mom got me like the set, and she's like, read these books. Isn't it for girls? Uh, Probably. (laughs) I don't know. She was like, I like this book. You should read it. And so I read the first one, and I didn't understand it. Like it was super confusing for like a fifth grader. So I I remember having them on my shelf all through high school and never reading any of them. So I see the movie comes out, and I'm like, I don't know. Like bad first impression. That's
1: what they said. They said it was very complicated. It wasn't fun. And people have been talking about Coco, the Disney movie, yeah. and how like that's a great movie, and how it's fun, and a lot of my friends said it made them cry. So they were like, "A Wrinkle in Time versus Coco is a big difference because Coco is made for a younger audience, but an older audience can also receive it, mm-hmm. and it has more connections. Both where a Wrinkle in Time seems very like scientific in a sense." Almost as if if you don't know about science, you don't really have any interest in the movie.
0: That's interesting. I know that they made like a TV movie about it years ago, and my mom was like, you should watch this. Remember the book she really liked? No, mom. Yeah. I don't, and I will not watch it. So this is our second episode. Um, Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for supporting us. We've got a lot of people giving us really great feedback and being super nice and, and encouraging and... That's awesome. Uh, we need help shaping this thing. We need people to give us their opinions and, and help us kind of figure out what exactly we want to talk about and how deep into the process we want to get.
1: Tell us how we're doing good and how we're doing bad because I feel like when people tell us the problems or issues or if there's something you want to know, you have questions, hit us up. Uh, let us know and we'll try to answer those and the better, better podcast to we'll get.
0: Speaking of that first episode, we had homework to do. We did. And I did my homework. Did you do your homework?
1: I did. I saw a jacket. So and You know what? I saw the jacket, but I didn't see the jacket until you saw when you see the jacket. Like, I saw it on. So and you home.
0: remembered it once you saw it. Yeah. You're like, yes, I did see it. I that.
1: remembered it. It's almost like you see something, but you don't really yeah. pay attention
0: to it. So
1: I saw it, but I saw it.
0: Good. Saw it. I watched the uh, emoji video for Stir Fry by Migos. Which was awesome. Like, I want to get an iPhone 10 now so I can do, like, the emoji stuff.
1: I had an iPhone 10 for three months and did not know that I could do that until I saw the video.
0: So, now are you doing it, like, all the time?
1: I started doing it the first day the video came out, and then I stopped.
0: Really? So, yeah. maybe I don't want an iPhone <laughs> 10. Maybe I just want to borrow yours and, and do it once and I'll be done.
1: It's like back in the day, you know how they had touch phones, but they weren't really like usable so they had like touch screens where they broke a lot that's kind of how the face thing is it's a cool functionality but it doesn't work perfectly or you don't need it all the time
0: like we're still on the front end of this technology yeah. and, eventually... and i'm a lazy
1: user <laughs> so if i don't need it i'm not gonna do
0: it so as soon as i watched that video though like all of those other youtube videos like you might also like you know and it showed me all of the Migos stuff that they did with the food company and like they, they made stir fry and stuff yeah. like that. And then they had a documentary of like behind the scenes. That was really cool. I
1: actually haven't seen it. Uh, it was really fun. I've seen a maybe food network commercial yeah. where it's stir fry, but I haven't seen the documentary.
0: It's one of those, uh, over the top where you watch them make food and you see it on Facebook all the time. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> they dump all the ingredients and they did one of those. It's
1: really cool. I'm gonna to have to watch it.
0: Yeah. They so. also
1: have a new video out with Drake, Walk It Like I Talk It." I have you seen that. You gotta check that one out. You seen that? I've one? seen it already. Uh, so I haven't seen it. Is
0: so? People if that was gonna be my about, home about it. Uh, so I watched it, and I—I I mean, I didn't love the song, but the video was really great.
1: I didn't like the song until so I started listening to it over and over again. It's catchy. Do you do that but with but a lot stupid. of music?
0: Do you have to like listen to it over and over again? Yeah.
1: Or I have to watch a video? Yes. There has to be a memory behind it.
0: Have you seen the music video for uh, for Francis and the Lights and Chance the Rapper? Do you know what no. I'm talking about? Okay, so I know it's early. Maybe that'll be your homework because okay. that's that is an awesome song, and I didn't like it until I watched the music video. Okay, like it was kind of catchy, but now that I've seen the music video, they do this whole dance together, and like the entire thing just kind of builds up to the very end. It's like a very slow song, and then it gets bigger and bigger and i remember listening to it and thinking this is kind of cool and then you watch the video and you're like oh my goodness yeah like, now that's all i think about when i see it or when i hear it
1: i feel like the video is a lost art especially with social media these days yes. people don't usually put out videos like they used to
0: yeah
1: do you remember you probably don't even know what this is but BET's 106 in part they used to drop out videos, like, top 10. Oh, a man. I think no. that'll be your homework. You have BET. to see, like, a YouTube video VT BET 106 and part. Okay. Basically, they dropped the top 10 videos of the day. So when I was a kid, that's how I saw all the, like, new music, all the new videos. Yeah. They had world premieres. It kind of got discontinued now. But I heard it was coming back that's through cool. YouTube. Maybe it's
0: Twitter, right? Like, I look at Twitter, and it's like, oh, Drake's in this new Migos video. It's like, well, I wouldn't watch this unless it was this easy, right? Like, it's just right there, so I can't help but see it.
1: But they don't show you the whole video. It's like you see clips, like the GIF, or like a Jiffy. It's like you see a short bit of it, and it becomes a meme.
0: So we're in the middle of March Madness. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but our two teams had a chance to play each other. Because Auburn played Clemson and got destroyed. And the winner of that game goes on to play Kansas.
1: Oh. So, Kansas and Auburn Kansas almost play. Yeah. Almost is, like, not going to happen. No, it doesn't uh, matter. Auburn got lucky beating that first team. <laughs> I'm sad North Carolina lost. That was my team. I was really upset. Really? Yeah.
0: Are you a North Carolina fan?
1: I'm a North Carolina fan. Oh, okay. right. Because Michael Jordan.
0: But, yeah. but Auburn –
1: Auburn is like, I can't not root for Auburn because it's my school. But it's like, if your kid played baseball, you know they were terrible at it. You can't really, (laughs) like, I can't really get my hopes up because I know they suck at it.
0: That's really. But they can
1: have a teammate that's really good and I can still
0: root for them. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The funniest thing, though, the other day is I was walking over and just making conversation. I said, how is your bracket doing? And you looked at me and you said, uh, what bracket?
1: I forgot I had a bracket until you asked me.
0: But And that was the thing is that you had no idea. And then at the very last second, oh, I did make a bracket. Because I
1: filled it out randomly. I randomly was on com and it was like, fill out a bracket. Because I I had to come in on a Sunday to fill out the brackets so other people can print them out. So I was working on the brackets. So I was like, oh, I should fill out a bracket. And then I totally forgot about it.
0: That's something that I noticed has changed for me personally over the past few years working here is like my relationship with sports and how i consume sports and stuff is totally different from before mine too do you find yourself watching espn at home at all
1: it's a bad habit but once i do it i'll probably turn the tv because i'm like i'm going to be watching it at work watching it at home yeah Next thing I knew, working home is the same place.
0: So it's on like TVs all around us. We I also... went to the gym
1: last night and it was on. Jalen and Jacoby was on, but I actually watched that one the whole time. I think that's a pretty a show. It had to be one o'clock in the morning.
0: <laughs> there are like two or three shows that I definitely will still catch on our air if if I can. Usually, like I'm going home when Around the Horn or PTI are on, and those are probably my favorites. But I loved Mike and Mike, and that's not on the air anymore. Um, Jalen and Jacoby's really good. I miss his and hers. That was one of my favorites.
1: I never watched that show. Really? I never knew about Michael and Jamil until they got to sc
0: six. Really?
1: And I started watching that one the last days.
0: I'm surprised because they're right below us. Like his and hers were filmed, like yeah. <laughs> literally, like ten feet from your feet.
1: I've seen the studio
0: <laughs> well, by accident, and that's kind of the thing though. Is like just being here, you become. Not jaded, but just kind of like numb to it. Overwhelmed.
1: If you go down your Twitter timeline, you know who won, who lost, and the highlights.
0: Right. So and for me,
1: it kinda of dilutes sports now.
0: I don't even turn on my TV at my desk. I'll like lean over and look at like someone else's See TV. what's
1: going on. See, some days I watch TV a whole day, I watch a whole lineup, so I start with first take. Um the jump, I feel like The Jump really, is really good. That's really a really it show. I'm, I'm glad, glad it got, went to an hour. Yes, me too. And they have NBA players that actually played in NBA that you know of: Tracy McGrady, Jalen Rose, Chauncey Billups, Scottie Pippen. They have a good cast.
0: The truth is on a lot now. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really cool that show. Man, I'm trying to think if there are others that just like stand out to me that I I try to see. But
1: Sports Nation is pretty okay. Yeah. The Will Kane show, I like that one a lot. It's actually a podcast slash show. Yeah. But I don't watch that one all the way through.
0: But I don't find myself hating sports or, like, watching sports less. It's just really, like, news, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's different how we consume it, and it's also different how we celebrate it, whereas back in the day, you kind of watch TV to – be entertained by sports now. It's like you look on Twitter and it's a highlight of LeBron is like posterizing somebody and everybody's retweeting. Everybody wants to get it retweeted a thousand times. Um, people want to come up with fun captions and things like that. So it's more creative. It's just in a different environment, not on TV. I don't have to watch the entire game to see LeBron at 40 points. So it's the graphics and the videos and the short highlights give you everything you need all at once.
0: Yeah, and instantly, right?
1: Right there. As soon as it happens, it's up.
0: That's actually a perfect segue. (laughs) See, we're getting better at podcasting already. (laughs) Episode two, we've learned a lot. We have. We had some Twitter questions, and we'll try to make this a regular thing, too, if anybody wants to talk about design stuff or what it's like to work for ESPN. This first one, though, I think you'll be able to speak a lot more to it simply because you worked on social design stuff for what, like a year before you joined our team?
1: A year and a half.
0: Wow. So the from the Visual Voice, they asked, uh, or they wanted to talk about how creating for social is instant gratification, but it's gone in a second.
1: Yeah, and that brings a, a really good question just because it's like, you will spend, what, an hour, two hours working on social graphic. People check it out for 15 minutes, and then the next thing is coming up, and you have to crank out more work. It's not underappreciated because I feel like, Whenever you pop out a new graphic that's fresh and people love it, it'll stay trending for, you know, a couple of hours, maybe a day or two. and get a lot of likes, but you're on to the next one. And a month from now, on, you won't even remember it. And nine times out of ten, it may not go in your portfolio. And also, if it is in your portfolio, you can't really explain much about it. There's usually not a detailed story that goes into it. It's almost like microwaving fast food versus cooking a home-cooked meal. Is the quick and easy route, but the way that sports is consumed now and the way that it's distributed is almost necessary to have.
0: And microwave food is good. Yeah, I like, mean, I
1: love fast food. I, I unfortunately love McDonald's french fries. I'm trying to stay away from them, but I mean. No shame. I'll, I'll, I'll trade that any day.
0: That's the thing, I guess, is that how we measure success, it's all relative. So for someone that makes like a social image, they want a ton of likes and they want it to stay, you know, trending or at the top of the page or in everybody's timeline for a few Mm. hours or or a day or whatever it is. And if you can achieve a bunch of little benchmarks within this small window, then like it's a success. And maybe you can put it in a portfolio, but like design that lasts or... Or branding or creating something that people will see for years from now, like that's a different measurement. It, you can't always hold those two things against each other.
1: Well, I would say a good example of like good social stuff that comes out really fast, but it can be put in a portfolio or as a part of a bigger, larger brand, like a cohesive look, but each individual graphic stand on their own, um, is Ohio State football. I don't know if you follow Sammy Silverman, um, I've been following him maybe two or three years since I got into graphic design and like sports design he was somebody I followed and every single graphic that they put out this year you know it's Ohio State it's a consistent brand but they're all different they're all entertaining they all have really like great content um sometimes they even add like LeBron James to a graphic if like the Cavs are starting their season out they'll feature them somehow they'll do things on the NFL Draft, the Combine, they have a great brand and they also know how to play social. So it's like, you know, somebody really thought through it. They didn't just start creating like graphics because I think a big issue sometimes is designers in the social industry is just like, let me create something out of the blue and you have 10 different graphics that you put out in a week and they all look different. They don't have any consistent branding. And a lot of times you don't know what school they have because sometimes they don't use the logo they don't put the school name and sometimes they can all start looking alike so i would say yeah teams like ohio state texas um, matt lane he works there he's really good at establishing a brand and being able to pump out graphics quickly because you have to balance both right you can't just you know take two or three weeks or a month on a social graphic because it has to come out now like that's The thing about social, if you don't have it right now, you miss it. Like when I was working on social scene with Jersey Swaps, if you don't have a Jersey Swap within an hour, there's going to be 30 different ones on different pages, and it's going to be old news.
0: It's like you need to have all of them ready. Yeah, you
1: got to have it ready as soon as it happens, and unfortunately, we don't know when people are going to get traded. Um, We usually find out on Twitter or on social media. Every now and then, we may know, what, five, ten minutes before, but... The key to great social content is to have a brand, to have a look, and be able to spit out individual graphics within that whole system.
0: That's really smart. I think consistency is something that illustrators and designers don't understand as well as. They should, and, and that goes for everybody. You and I, yeah. including like the the idea that so many illustrators especially have is, um, I need to develop a style. I want someone to look at my work and recognize it, and that's cool. But I don't think that's as important as being consistent. So if I look at your work and I recognize it from something else, I don't think it has to be because it stylistically looks like something you've done before. I think it would be better for me to see that and go. Oh, I know that that is so and so's design because that matches the consistency of other things they've produced in the past. It has a quality to it. Yeah, and the quality, I think, is something that is overlooked a lot because people are so concerned about style, about being original. And, and that doesn't matter as much to me, especially in the world that we're working in. If you talk about graphic design for sport, branding is something that is missing a lot. So highlighting people that do really good work or just focusing on that consistency, I think will elevate a lot of the social, quick, fleeting graphics that people work on. Esker15, this is really good. What is the best way to pursue an internship or part-time position to learn from someone when you have minimal experience?
1: That's a good question. And I have two answers to that in a sense. Okay. Because the first thing I would say is, I know in school they have you doing a lot of different projects. And sometimes the school work doesn't really resonate to the real world work. So whenever people are looking at your portfolio, you have a bunch of fake school projects. Right. It doesn't necessarily help you get a job. But then on the other hand, a lot of times people say do spec work or say I want to work for ESPN or I want to work for Nike. You can create your own projects, like, what's it called? Um, Not personal work, but it's a...
0: Like a personal project?
1: Yeah, but it's like a personal project that you're happy about. Um, Okay. Dang, I forgot the name of
0: it. Okay, like a portfolio piece?
1: Yeah. So, say you want to work for Nike, you have a portfolio piece that's just centered on what you think Nike would want to have. Yeah. And a lot of times... I've seen a lot of designers that they've had excellent work and it wasn't for a company, but it looked very professional. It had quality. It had a whole system to it. It had a brand to it. It had a concept to it. Sometimes those things are better than real work you've done. Like say I've done work on the social theme, but some of those designs were super quick and super fast and not necessarily the quality of what I would put in my portfolio.
0: The idea of building something that you would want to work on for money somewhere else. Yeah. I think spec work is the worst, right? But doing something on your own, pretending that you are your own client, and building something like that's not passion the same. Passion project.
1: As spec work. That's the word I was looking for. Passion project. It took me fifteen minutes to figure it out. A passion project, because for designers, the number one thing that drives me is my passion about it. Yes. So something I may get from work, something somebody may want to open up a chicken factory and make. You know, make a logo for it, that isn't something I'm necessarily going to be passionate about. But if it's a project that I thought of myself, I thought of the concept, and I really put my heart and soul into it, a lot of the times those come out better than other things. Yes. So I would say passion projects are a good way to get started if nobody else is going to pay you to do things that are great.
0: Yeah, some of the best design advice I've ever seen, either given at like design conferences and talks or or just like from personal acquaintances that are you know designers that i respect it's do the type of work that you want to do for a living
1: or you know how they say dress for the job you want not the job you got
0: exactly so
1: that is my advice in a nutshell are
0: you doing a lot of chicken <laughs> company logos
1: <laughs> i actually have done like not a chicken company but a chicken uh, food truck logo
0: really
1: it was probably one of my favorite things i've done too Cause it was a fun project. It was a free project because it was for my family. But I had a lot of fun. And also with passion projects or probably lower budget projects, there's not a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So there's not somebody. The stakes aren't as high that's not in designer. don't know about design, that's telling you to change this or change that. Or a lot of times, clients aren't designers. So they may want to use a the font that may be terrible as far as aesthetically. Um, they may want to use bad colors and you don't really have any control over that because they're a client and they're paying. So with a passion project, you can be your art director.
0: So that's part one. So what is the other the other piece of advice?
1: First, identify the company you want to work for. Because if I'm going to apply for ESPN and then I'm going to apply for Popeyes, those are going to be two different portfolios because they're two different style of companies, two different aesthetic styles, two different audiences. So identify where you want to work at and then I would say do the passion project. And secondly, use Twitter, use social media, use Behance, get into people's DMs. I got here because I DM'd Neil what, 2015, and was like, hi, I'm a designer, here's my portfolio, I really love to work for ESPN, if you guys ever have an opening, I would love to hear about it. And he emailed me a week later, and that led me to the road to get to where I'm
0: at. So you never know, right? Like it's you not even, It's not even like uh, putting yourself out there for the sake of putting yourself out there, it's acknowledging that design needs change all the time. Yeah. And if you don't put yourself out there at all, then no one's going to know to hire you.
1: Also, yeah, you don't know what people can do. You may be an illustrator and you may be a designer, but if all you have is just illustrations, I don't know you're a designer. Or if all you have is sports designs, I don't know if you can handle a lot of typography. I don't know if you can handle the UX UI design. I don't know if you can communicate with people because there's one thing to be a great designer, or a great artist. But if I'm going to work with you, I need to know that you're reliable. That's the number one thing for me. You may be a great artist, but if you don't respond to emails, if you don't professionally respond to emails, if you don't hit deadlines... I can't do anything with you. That ruins the whole work relationship. If you don't want to take my advice, if you don't want to take my direction, those are bigger issues than are you a great designer?
0: Yeah. It's easy to spot good designers. It's harder to spot good designers who are either willing to learn new things or can do multiple things if they're not advertising those things. Yeah. And you Definitely need to know what it is that you want to do. Like what you're saying about being able to identify specifically like that you want to work for ESPN versus Popeyes. Like you need to understand, Okay, if I go here, I'm going to need to learn how to code or I'm going to need to learn how to use animation a little bit. or I'm going to need to know how to use sketch or InDesign or Photoshop or something other than just Illustrator that I'm super comfortable in.
1: When you identify a company, you need to know exactly what programs that company is using, what type of designs they're using. If you're only using Photoshop, you don't know how to use InDesign, you don't really know about fonts, you don't know spacing, you don't know kerning, those are foundational skills that I feel like sports designers, editorial designers, anybody that wants to do anything with design needs to know about. Um, I have a lot of different schools that reach out, asking if I know people that are good designers that I would recommend. And there's usually a small handful of designers just because The majority of people are only Photoshop, action, Photoshop, splash and splatter and fire type designers.
0: The thing that they're good at is very specific.
1: Yeah, it's very photo generated. They can't handle typography.
0: And the good thing about needing to know all of those things is it's like never been easier to learn any of that stuff. We talked about that a little bit on the last episode. Like I had no idea about design anything. And it just took messing around with the tools and teaching myself or picking up on what someone else was putting down. Like, it's not hard. To figure out how to do a lot of those things i'm still running over to the desk of some of our like mag ad's and going can you show me how to kern <laughs> like yeah. like what is letter spacing and oh, kerning? Man. those are the same thing again those are
1: foundational letting you gotta know those things
0: that's one of those reasons i'm jealous <laughs> of people that have gone to design school they learned a lot of the simpler stuff and i say simpler like the foundational things the
1: basics it's like if you're playing basketball i could dunk on you all day but a pick and roll can win a game Yep. You know, and uh, a lot of people want to play ISO, but you have to play team ball and those things set designers apart. Also, for me in school, the main thing, they didn't teach, nobody can teach you how to be a designer or they can't teach you how to be a great artist, but they taught us about concept, about selling our designs, selling our art, making it make sense because You may be talking to your manager and they don't know anything about design. So you have to convince them that it makes sense. They could be a numbers guy. They could be a concept guy. They could be editorial. You have to be able to tell that story in a visual way to where it makes sense on their end and it makes sense on your end. Different people perceive things different ways. Sure. Something I think is beautiful you may think is ugly, but if it communicates the message that we're trying to convey that's what we're gonna, you know, fall on.
0: That's a lot of like social nuance. Yeah. I'd never really understood until I came here. Like the corporate world taught me a lot more about how to present designs as solutions to problems, you know, and I know that that's something that gets hammered on a lot, especially uh, you know, on design podcasts and like at design conferences, like we are problem solvers. Like it makes us feel a little bit better about what we're doing besides like just sitting behind a computer all day. Coloring. And I know that's true. But until I got here, and maybe it's because I didn't have enough clients, like when you have a lot of clients and you have to pitch them and you have to propose different logo solutions or branding guidelines, whatever, like you need to convince them that your decision is in their best interest. It's going to bring people into their doors. It's going to get them more business. And here. That's what it is nonstop. It's like, how much traffic are we going to get? Is this a really good use of the space that we have on this phone? Like, is it worth de- our time? Exactly. Is it? Are we designing with the user in mind? Or are we just trying to make stuff look good?
1: Well, another thing I hear a lot of times is, are people going to know what it is? I know yeah. sometimes we use illustrations, and sometimes people can't identify the people in the illustrations. So clarity. Yeah. It has to be clear. It has to be legible. You have to know what it is. And the audience shouldn't have to think about what they're clicking on. They should know exactly what they're
0: looking at. Yeah. So more problem-solving stuff here than I've ever gotten anywhere else. But I assume, like, maybe that's another foundational thing. Like, you're, you're talking about, like, you learn that along with, like, kerning Concept. and all this other stuff. Like, I didn't learn that. And I think that those those things aren't mutually exclusive, right? Like, it is totally fine to make something that looks pretty, and that is the whole point. Especially if you're a designer, you're just trying to like learn or or put things out there in the world that you're proud of. But there are times when you just need to solve a problem.
1: Well, I think that takes us back to maybe our first question of like, what do you do if you're trying to get a design job? It's two different roles of that because it's one thing. If a designer is looking at your portfolio, they're going to be looking for aesthetics. If somebody that's not a designer is going to be looking at your portfolio, say a manager or I have a friend in HR, she looks at a lot of designer, art director, creative director portfolios and has no idea what she's looking at. And those type of people are going to be looking at the concept or the product or a lot of times the numbers. So for me, a lot of my projects, I include the aesthetics of it. I include the process of it, things that inspire me. So maybe if I look at other designs, I'll include those in my portfolio. And then I'll put the numbers of how many likes it got, how many people did it reach, the traffic on it, those type of things, just to bring it full circle. So it's a full package. So each item in my portfolio has start to end of this is what when it came out, this is how it looked, this is how many people it reached, this is how the ice. idea came up and a long time ago I spoke to a guy from Nike and he told me that if he sees a portfolio that has six really good designs versus a portfolio that has 20 different designs and five good ones he's going to go with the six just because quality over quantity in a sense of if you have 20 designs and only five are good I'm going to think that those five are the only good ones you got if you show me really really a really solid six I want to think you have more out there. Sometimes designers can oversaturate. You should never put all your designs in your portfolio. You should put your best six that are close to what that company is going to be looking for and not everything you have because everything you have isn't going to be portfolio work.
0: So, something else that we wanted to talk about on this episode was portfolios. Like something that we look for maybe in designers or illustrators when we hire freelancers to work on stuff here. Uh, Just general rules that we've noticed are getting overlooked or misappropriated. The idea that you need to have a portfolio at all, I think is really important that a lot of people don't agree with or don't understand. A lot of the design that I like, that I interact with, that I appreciate is on Instagram and it's on Twitter and maybe it's on Dribbble, but... I am not going to hire someone if I see a bunch of really cool Instagram posts. Like, I'm going to hire them because I went to their website and I tracked their information down and I could reach out to them, like their professional email address, and strike up that initial contact. Yeah. It's not as simple as just, hey, on Instagram messages, like, are you free this week for a design? Like, that's not the way. Like, sometimes it works that see, way. I was
1: lied into a DM for email. But some designers don't have an email. Like I was working with a designer or an artist and he had email, but he didn't really use his email. He more so wanted to use like a personal phone. And for me, that was not the best way of communication. If I send you an email, I would like a reply within an hour or so, especially if I'm on a deadline or things change. So if I'm waiting for you to send me files, and I don't hear from you from an email for 2 to 4 hours that for me is a no no.
0: Well, you want to present yourself as a professional. Like whether that is through, you know, DMs or whether it's through your email, whatever it is, like trying to present yourself in the best light possible should be key. It should be super imperative that you are able to present yourself as like a business, not just a person that draws or illustrates or or animates really well, but as someone that can get the job done. You, You give us so much more than just, hey, I'm a really good designer. We already know that. We saw the feed. You give us a lot more about like, yes, I am trustworthy. I can get back to you on time. I can hit deadlines. There's a lot of legal issues that people aren't aware of either. Like it's really important for you to have a website to prove that you are a business in a lot of cases. Like some legal teams will look at someone that you're trying to hire from Instagram and they'll go like, How do we even know that this person exists?
1: There are times when those people aren't the people who created the work. Sometimes people create accounts and they're not even artists.
0: True. And how bad would it be for us to hire somebody who is just through a third party, like grabbing another piece of art and presenting it as their own. Even if they could trace over that and give us like true files that we could use, like it's really important for us to be able to put, you know, virtually a face with a name. Yeah. So portfolios, I think, are super important, whether that's your name or your company or your moniker, whatever it is, you should have some place to do business. And that's more, I think, than just like Behance or Dribbble.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't do the Behance thing. I feel like it's oversaturated. A lot of times people just have one or two graphics that they created using their favorite NBA players. And it's hard to get to real people or professionals.
0: Behance is a really great place to present just kind of what you're working on in the moment or like a case study of a specific project that you have actually done from start to finish. But it's not a place for you to conduct business. Like you should be able to look at these things and share them with other artists. That's kind of what it's supposed to be, I think, is like a community of artists. There are a ton of awesome stories that I've heard from people that get like dream clients from Behance or from Dribble or from other places where they can just share their portfolio, even like Instagram and Facebook. But those, I think, are exceptions to the rule. Don't you want to present yourself as, like, you know, a professional? Like, that's what I think the portfolio does. A a true website devoted to you and your art and your craft and your business, like, that to me is way more moving than, like, a really cool Behance project. Those are networks for designers.
1: I want to see four or five different things that you could do. And I want to see more than one example of that. Um, I was working on a project where I had an illustrator. He had some really great artwork, but the ones that I love the most, he only had one example of it. And that's hard selling it to your creative director because sometimes people can be a one and done. So they haven't really um, perfected that craft yet.
0: Casting a wider net. Yeah. Where you can expose all of the different talents that you have and try to get more clients in. That's really important. There's nothing really wrong with presenting yourself as a one trick pony saying that I'm really good at this, but this is all I really do. Sometimes clients will take a flyer on that. They'll be able to say, I trust you because I love what you've done, or I've developed this relationship with you based off past work. But overwhelmingly, you are limiting yourself. You're saying, here's what I do really well. All this other stuff, maybe it doesn't interest you and it's not a big deal, but I think that's like an entire network of like clients and income that you could totally be missing out on
1: you're missing out on a lot of different things it's as if if you're playing basketball and all you do is shoot you don't play any defense you don't give any assists you don't get any rebounds I want the player that can do four out of five things not one out of five
0: I'm learning that all of your metaphors involve (laughs) basketball
1: I'm all basketball I grew up in a little town so there wasn't any art classes no design classes so my love for design really came with the love for the game. I wasn't great at basketball, but I could design t T-shirt. I would design little pamphlets and um, game programs, things like that. So the two kind of go
0: hand-in-hand with
1: me. Also, just everything about basketball, the, when you're down, you can come back up. That's kind of life for me. You can be down 20 points and still win the
0: game. Okay, so homework. I'm going to, what am I going to watch? BET?
1: 106 in Park. All right. You got to send me a See, link. 106 in Park. I'm sure by the YouTube link to send over to you.
0: And I'm going to send you the video for Francis and the Lights and the Chance the Rapper video. Uh, so that's it for episode two. We're going to come back soon. If you guys have any thoughts or questions about this, uh, hit us up. We have a name now, which is really cool.
1: Design mixtape, and since we have that name, this is new. So I wanted to say, what are you listening to right now? Because I feel like whenever I'm designing, there's always a couple of songs I will listen to. So maybe that could be a cool add-on of, what are you listening to today?
0: That's cool. I like that. So what are you listening to today?
1: I have a couple of songs to listen to. So number one song is Untouchable by Young Boy NBA, <laughs> and then number two is Ankle Bully. And it is by Dribble Too Much. And that is an all-basketball song. It's pretty great. they should on ESPN. And my last song is For Me by Tory Lanes L-A-N-Z. Easy. That's what I'm listening to today.
0: So I am listening to The Mixtape, Volume 10, by The Hood Internet. Well,
1: who and what is that?
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this It's an hour long, so I'm not going to give it to you as homework. But, I mean, I should probably listen to all the stuff you just said, too, because I haven't heard of any of that. That was pretty cool. That was a really good idea.
1: I think that's a good ending.
0: The way we should end it every week?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, cool.